It's not about suffering, how people may look at suffering. Like you have to just go to a place that just every day of your life is suffering. You have to tap into suffering every day of your life because we have so much scarring that we have to clean up. You have to look at suffering as almost like I look at failure. To succeed, you must fail. In failure and in suffering, all the answers are in there. All the answers to all the test questions, the test is your life. All the answers are in there. You have to live in suffering and pain and failure all the time. You have to learn, I need to visit it. Like people hate working out. You're only gonna visit working out maybe an hour a day. 23 other hours of the day, you're not in it. Mm. But how you become in shape is you must visit suffering, visit working out one hour a day. Visit suffering one hour a day. Visit your past failures one hour a day. The relationship with it is the answers are in there. They, they are in there within the suffering. Go in there and I call it the live autopsy. The live autopsy, how you find out someone died, they crack you open after you're dead. How you can live is do it while you're alive. Go back in your brain, crack it open while you're alive. Don't wait until you're dead to figure out why you died. Do it while you are living. Go in there, go into the suffering, go into the pain of your life and say, why did this suck for me so bad? Why am I afraid of all this stuff? Why have I shut down the whole world? I guarantee I'll tell you why you shut down the whole world. It's in these nooks of the suffering within your brain, in the scarring are all the answers to why you are on the couch feeling sorry for yourself. They lie within the scars. Visit them for at least an hour a day, study them, and then you'll find out more about yourself. You will then grow. So don't look at it as every day I suffer. Go into it an hour a day. Learn from yourself, learn from life, learn from your failures, learn from your insecurities, learn from your self-doubt. Don't just say, I'm afraid to jump off an airplane. Mm. What makes you afraid of it? Study it. That's why I studied my mind. Why I became so powerful in the mind is because I realized I was weak. So instead of running away from the mind, I dove into it and said, what is making me weak? Oh, this makes sense. I came from hell. I came from a place that beat me down to nothing, which is why I'm afraid. All this makes sense. So systematically, one by one, I went back and met every single person in my mind, every situation. I went one-on-one -on -one with them again in my mind. I said, okay, let's now revisit this. And that's how you do it. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. You are your present, future, and past are all important aspects of who you really are. Unfortunately, many people overlook at least one because they don't feel at peace with who and what they are. They find it hard to follow through on the goals they set. So that you can stick to your plans confidently. You have to get to know all parts of you. Face your past. Your past will shape who you become today. Your past influences your feelings and the natural responses of your brain to stimuli. In your earliest years of life, you realize that certain actions led to certain responses. These associations may have been positive or negative. There are always negative aspects in our pasts that can make it difficult for us to move forward. Others may see the past as an idyllic time and long for the golden age they can have back. In either case, 
a negative outlook can lead to both your future and your present. This is why it's so important to acknowledge your past. Accept the fact that your life is your past and that you cannot change that. The past cannot be changed no matter how much you try, but you can change it and make it reflect you better. Your past is yours to make meaning of. It doesn't have the power to disable you. You can harness it to power your drive for the future. It can only hold as much power that you give it, so make sure to use that power wisely. Recognize and accept the trauma you have, even though it may be difficult. You don't have to forget about trauma or minimize its importance, but you must learn to see the trauma as a whole and give it the weight it needs. This is true for both minor and major trauma. No matter how much trauma you still have, it is important to learn from it. Analyze your past to see how it has affected you. Once you have recognized your trauma, then you can explore how that trauma or your joy in life has changed you. Now think about all the things you might have done differently without the trauma. Without it, think about where you might be. It's okay to regret the decisions you made, but see the impact of your past on who you are today and envision how it can influence the future. Your past will have an impact on who you are, but it is not your only influence. Avoid keeping painful reminders that only make you feel worse for your present. Don't keep old trinkets around that make you feel less good about yourself. Forgive, but don't forget. If you feel it will help you forgive those who have hurt your feelings, do so. You don't have to forgive people who have hurt you. It's about letting go of the guilt and shame that has held you back. You release yourself from the pain of your hurt and its power over. It is important to remember what happened. You can't block those memories, but it is a waste of time. Let yourself forget the pain and move forward without bitterness. You must realize that what you remember may not be 100% accurate. Memory is a fuzzy thing. People can forget what happened to them. Even a casual conversation may change your memory of past events. Memory is flexible, so remember that your memories may be incomplete. You may only remember the basic details of an event, but you might forget the details. It's normal to forget details. Your memories are influenced by your emotions and experiences. It's that simple. Once you realize this, the past may not be as powerful as it seems. Although it isn't changeable as I stated, you can make changes to bring about peace. Your past is a source of gratitude. Even if your history is terrible, there are still things you can be grateful for. You can think of something positive and be grateful it happened. It could be something small, but it can save someone who is suffering. Your dad might have been a negligent drunk, but you will always remember that he used to take you out to ice cream and that that was the best time you had with him. That small memory can be a great way to keep the hard memories in your mind so you can get through the tougher ones. Your past is irrelevant to you. No matter what happened in your past, you aren't that trauma. You are you and you are what you present to the world. You cannot be reduced back to the same person you were five years ago. You are free to be the person you want to be in the future. There's no need to remain the person you were hurt. There is no way to erase your past. It might seem impossible for you to come out of your past, 
However, with time and self-reflection, and possibly some therapy, it is possible. It is not necessary to be tied down by the events of the past. Get rid of the past and begin living in the future. After I got in the Air Force, I had some setbacks in the Air Force. I realized I was afraid of the water. So I wanted to be Air Force Special Operator, Air Force Pararescueman. And I worked my butt off to do it. And, you know, I got in the water and I realized I'm not, I'm not, you know, me in the water, no fun. Right. So I went from 175 pounds to 297 pounds in three years. And then I sat at home and all those insecurities from my high school years came back. You know, just everything. I was like, man, I'm not nobody. Not feeling good enough. Right, not feeling good enough. Making $1,000 a month, spraying for cockroaches. And I came home from work one day and I watched this, you know, it was a show on Discovery Channel, History Channel, something like that, but it was Navy SEAL class, Bud's class, mm -hmm. 224, going through training. And it was nothing but water and they're going through hell week and they're freezing and people are quitting left and right. And I sat down at 297 pounds with a chocolate milkshake and a box of mini chocolate donuts. Mm -hmm. oh. And I'm watching these amazing men going through training. And I felt like, man, I've, I have to now really start to overcome my fears because I felt so small. Every day I had this haunting voice in my head saying, you're nothing, mm -hmm. you're nothing. And I, I had to start conquering myself. Personal standards are the guidelines that you use to guide your life. Your personal standards can be used as a guideline, just like your purpose, but they are often shaped to your purpose. Your personal standards should be aligned with your purpose. It will encourage you to set personal standards that help you live in alignment to your purpose each day. Our society has many standards about how we should interact with each other and live. Many times, these standards are written into laws to ensure that we are held accountable for how and what we do. Even if the standards are not written into our laws, people will point it out to us if we behave in a manner that isn't in accordance with society's guidelines. If an adult engages in bullying behaviors, they will be called out by peers and held accountable. It is not enough to live up to society's standards. You have to set your own standards. By setting our own standards, we have the power to create our lives. We can choose how we want to live each day and then follow through with those choices every day. Personal standards have a greater meaning in our brains than they do in reality. They make us feel like we need to do something rather than that we should. Feeling like you have to do something is more likely to motivate us to take action, while feeling like we need to do something makes it easier for us to justify why it is not happening. By limiting what we think is important, we are directly sabotaging and destroying ourselves. This is why we need to change the way we communicate and set standards so we can always achieve our goals. To create your personal standards, you need to focus on the values you desire to live by. This will help you to set a standard for how you behave, who you surround yourself with, what you do, and where you live, so that you can be consistent in your behavior and know what to do with the situation. You should have personal standards. Your personal standards are basically your personal rules about how you live your life. You can set your own standards by focusing on the things you desire and need to do in order to work towards your chosen purpose. For example, if you want to be better parents, you should be willing and able to adapt and change as a parent to best meet your children's needs. Keep your health, 
and your mind healthy and learn new ways to parent. You should always look for any habit or behavior that can help you reach your purpose. Even if it appears to only serve an indirect purpose, this is the essence of your goal, to make your life as healthy as possible and as capable as possible in order to fulfill this purpose. This is the best way of motivating yourself to continue, even when it is difficult or impossible to do so. Focus on the areas in your life where you are most engaged as you establish your personal standards. Focus on your behavior and how these contribute to you achieving your personal objectives. You can also focus on the people around you and their contributions to your success. Then you can focus on your time and where it contributes. Your personal success is dependent on how you live your life. It is difficult and not ideal to attempt to create an entire guideline around your personal standards. It can make you feel constrained and it can lead you to be resentful towards your chosen standard. Instead, your goal should be to cultivate your personal standards in a more natural way. The best way to set and maintain your personal standards is to do so as you live your daily life. It is possible to write down your personal standard to remind yourself or inspire you to stay on track, but it's much better to nurture and maintain your personal standards organically. This creates a higher emotional return and helps you keep your personal standards in mind. This will allow you to determine how and where you can create discipline around personal standards so that they can be maintained. Let's say that you are out walking with your friends in the mall and you say something like, I really shouldn't be spending any money right now. That will trigger you to identify your personal standards so you can be more disciplined with your spending. You might decide that your personal standard should be that no matter how much you love a product, if money is not available, you won't buy it. So you don't buy the top. That will allow you to keep your standards high and help you achieve your goals. It is vital that you adhere to the standard you have set once you have done so. It is crucial that you follow through from this point forward. Keep yourself accountable by constantly being aware and conscious of your standards and how they relate to your goals. Make sure you are held accountable for failing to live up to your standards. This will keep you focused on why you set them. You will find that your brain learns it is easier to keep the standard than to go along with the flow and get rewarded later. If you break down and purchase the top that you like, then you won't be able to buy any junk food or snack foods while grocery shopping. Instead, you must limit the amount of snacks and chips that you eat. By doing this, you will have a clear and unpleasant consequence for choosing to go against your standards. This makes it easier for your brain to recognize that it is essential that you follow your standards. If you fail to do so, you will pay the price.